Welcome to the PSC Gamer Lore Diver podcast series, where every week I dive into the lore of some of the most popular game worlds and tabletop roleplaying. Remember to follow this podcast or to subscribe on YouTube, and that you can support PSC Gamer directly through either Coffee or Patreon. This week, the Gripply of Pathfinder's Galarian. The background of the Gripply is outstanding, and they're one of my favorite, if seldom used, peoples in any fantasy roleplaying game, and have been ever since I first saw them in 2nd edition AD&D. And that's a key point here. Uh, we are dealing with, this is Pathfinder, and that means that it does have some deep D&D roots, but not super deep as we're going to get into in a moment here. However, the Gripply did start their life back in Dungeons and Dragons, first appearing in AD&D's Monster Manual 2, and had fairly inconsistent representation in just about every way from art to description to stats through 2nd edition and 3rd edition, were absent completely at 4th, and only returned as a non-player lineage in 5th edition. And that's pretty much all there is really about the Gripply. They were never expanded on or even really utilized particularly well in Dungeons & Dragons. However, they have had much better luck in Pathfinder's Galarian setting. And as Paizo was able to provide me with a copy of the Moengi Expanse book for reviewing, the Gripply seemed like a natural point to kick off my dive into Pathfinder's Lost Omens era lore. In Pathfinder, the Gripply first appeared in 1st edition's Bestiary 2, and they were expanded on in that edition in the Inner Seas Races book, The Heroes of Galarian, and in the Blood of the Beast Player's Guide. Now that we've moved into the Lost Omens era, so the second edition of Pathfinder, the Gripply have returned in the Moahi Expanse book as an uncommon ancestry, and with a number of really great options to create a Gripply adventurer, and this is through their heritages and, and feats they could select as Gripply as they advance through levels, which are really cool. Now, making it from first to second edition are things like their location, so where the Gripply are, and they're most common in the warmer parts of Garund, and rare to non-existent in the cooler Avistan. Interestingly, they're also present over in Galarian's Asian analog region, Tianjia. And since we're on, you know, first and second edition lore, something that I really love is that the lore established in the first edition is still entirely applicable. Unlike a lot of other games where you see a change in editions and a time movement, but everything remains relatively static and the same, not the case here. In the first edition, there was a big conflict happening with the Gripply. In Grund, they were being pushed westwards as they came into conflict with the Charuka. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly, but that's how I'm going to go for it. Who are followers of the demon lord, Angusan, which is a great plotline and potential set of adventures in of itself. Now, for the people out there who are unfamiliar with the Moangi Expanse and Gurund in general, Cheruka are a, like, demon baboon, um race that worships a demon lord and raises dead bodies to turn into more of themselves. They're pretty monstrous. The fact that the Gripply were in conflict with them and weren't wiped out, pretty awesome. Now moving into the second edition, their expanded lore in the Mwangi Expanse book is solid, like rock solid. The migration has largely ended, and instead of just being scattered out and ignored, the Gripply have actually become an established part of the larger world of the Moangi Expanse, so much so that they're serving as mercenaries, adventurers, and are intrinsic parts of the communities that they are in. And as an added bonus and, you know, representation of the past, the danger posed by the Cheruka hasn't actually disappeared. They are still very much a threat and it's definitely something to bring up. We'll talk about that more in the Ideas section that's coming up. As a final point before going into the Ideas section, the art for the Gripply in the Moangi Expanse book is phenomenal. Not only is the quality high, it's also evocative. It makes you want to play them. Even, you know, it's a little two foot, three foot high frog. You know, you're lucky if you're hitting a meter tall. But you look at the pictures of them, you're like, yes, that's something that I want to play. And the effort that went into the conceptualization 
of a typical Gripply home is top-end world building. When you see the picture, you will immediately understand what I'm talking about. You'll look at that and just say, yes, that's absolutely the sort of home that Gripply would live in. That's amazing. On to the idea section. There's so much going on with these adorable little frog folk that it is not even funny. Right away, the seamless flow of first edition lore into second edition lore is phenomenal, and I don't really think any of that needs to be thrown away or even heavily modified. They did a really good job of not dipping too heavily into stereotypes or anything else like that, while at the same time creating a flavorful and interesting heritage and uh, ancestry that would interest people to play. And that doesn't mean there aren't options, though. So one of the strengths offered by the Gripply in the second edition comes from the heritages they have, covered by a bunch of frog-themed abilities that they could develop as they go up through levels, giving the GMs and players like a lot to work with. You know, you could choose things like poison skin, uh, snap tongue so you can like, shoot your tongue out at stuff. Another one essentially develops the ability to glide. Very cool. And in addition, there's some cultural traits mixed in there as well, so that if you decide that you want have cultural aspects to your player character you can do that on a global scale the gripply are easy to fit into any warm forest jungle or swamp setting and there's lots of those which opens up their potential territory past the usual areas in the game that are mentioned hey remember that uncommon and rare doesn't mean completely absent so if you have an area that's a warm swamp or a warm forest there's no issue with dropping a gripply village into it even if it's not on garund Given that the Gripply have lost a lot of land and territory to them, as well as a history in the game of being very against evil spirits and demons, I would definitely play up the conflict they have with Churuka because it is a good plot, and good plots are often hard to come by. And before you wonder, you know, how good could they possibly be at fighting, the Gripply in the Valashmai jungle, they fight and take down dinosaurs. That's right, little less than a meter tall frog folk swarming down dinosaurs. They definitely have a, uh, a chance at it, and it's a great way to introduce them as adventurers, experts, and all that sort of good stuff, too. In my mind, given all this information, um, I honestly think the Gripply are likely going to be ambush and irregular warfare experts. That's their fighting style. They're not here to get into a stand-up fight. They're here to wear down your numbers with constant ambushes, poison arrows, and traps. And in all the environments that they prefer to live in, that makes them absolutely terrifying because they cater completely to that style of fighting. Now, looking over them and their abilities in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, it's clear that a lot of care and attention went into it. They're an organic part of the world, and that makes it a lot easier as both a player and as a GM to use them. So don't sleep on these froggy little adventurers. Give the Gripply a chance. Use them in your adventures. You will not regret it. Thank you for listening if you still are. I hope you enjoyed this week's content, and don't forget to check out the PSC Gamer website, follow PSC Gamer on social media, and a huge shout out to my supporters on Patreon and Coffee for making all of this possible.